it's Lisa. Welcome back to the World Heart Diaries. Today we're going to be talking about the past. What to do when the past comes calling. Hmm. I've spoken on here before. If you listen to the episode about self-love affirmations, I've spoken here before about how if we don't make peace with our past, then it haunts us. Do you know that song by Ella Henderson? Um, I'm not going to sing it to you because <laughs> I can't sing. I shall drop it in the show notes, but I'm going to read you the lyrics. So I think you will know it when you hear it. I keep going to the river to pray because I need something that can wash out the pain. And at most I'm sleeping all these demons away. But your ghost the ghost of you, it keeps me awake. So I heard that song driving in my car after receiving a text message from somebody that I hadn't heard from for 13 years. And I often ask spirit for guidance through songs on the radio so I'll say things like show me what that means or what do I need to know about that or and then you know I'll get in my car and put the radio on and a song will come on I hadn't asked spirit at the time for a sign but I was listening to that song and so I said out loud you know what does that mean what does that mean what why has that person texted me I haven't heard from for 13 years I don't particularly want to hear from them. I, you know, you know, that that's just odd. And um, I carried on driving on my merry way and then I got caught with some lights and I was just like, oh, because I'm not very good at waiting at traffic lights. I'm not very good with traffic. Are you? Although I do quite like being in my car. Being in the car is good for rambling and it's good for um, reflection time. Two hours that you can do in the car. Two R's from the five R's of self-care. If you haven't listened to that episode, give it a listen because um, it's a very simple practice for letting in more love and creating, cultivating a deeper relationship with yourself. I got to the traffic lights and all of a sudden it came into my head and a voice said, it's just to show you how far you've come. So while I was sitting in the traffic, I rewound back to 2009 and I thought, oh, yeah, 2009 me would have loved to have got that text message. She would have been ecstatic. It would have meant meant all sorts of things for her. She would have been so grateful. And 2022 me, not so much. She was like going, no, thanks. No, you're all right. Thanks. But when I went back to 2009 and I started to daydream about what my life was like in 2000. Remember what my life. So when I went back to 2009, I started to think about what my life was like then. I just qualified as a life coach and a child coach. And I just left my big corporate uh, job at British Gas. So I worked in marketing for British Gas, marketing boilers. I mean, for the love of God, it was so boring. It's so not me as well, but the money was good. And um, I worked with some all right people, had a very good social life, and I was more of a party girl back in those days, so it, it worked for me. And I'd um, so I'd left my job. I'd had six months off sick 
I had had a little bit of a nervous breakdown or a spiritual awakening, as Brené Brown calls it. And I had taken on some part-time nannying work. And people thought I was nuts. I remember the day before I was meant to go back and hand in my laptop and my phone um, and meet meet with my boss to say goodbye. People were like, well, even he was a bit surprised. And they did offer me a big chunk of money to go back. Less that we say about that story, the better, I think, because there were reasons why I wasn't going back and they were political and ethical reasons. But um, people were just like, what, you're giving all that up to earn £10 an hour as a nanny? And I was just like, because I'd just done this life coaching qualification, I was like, but I'm following my heart and following my dreams. I've always wanted to work with kids and, you know, it's not about the money. And people were like, but you've got a mortgage to pay. You've got a nice flat you need to. And I was like, don't worry, I'll work it out. And um, at the time, I'd just broken up. Oh, no, maybe it was a few years later, I'd broken up with um, this person that texted me. And this person was an addict. Um, It's hard drugs and, and they were in survival mode. And, you know, addiction is a life jacket, isn't it? It's saving you from dying. So you, the drugs are saving you from dying because... They're numbing out the pain and you're you're uh, you're you're surviving. You're not living. Um, as Gabor Mate says, any behavior that gives a person temporary relief and pleasure, but also has a negative consequences um, to which that person keeps returning to again and again it is addiction. That's what addiction is. So let me just read that again. Addiction is any behavior that gives a person temporary relief and pleasure but also has negative consequences to which the person will return to again and again. So that's the life jacket. But I too was an addict. I was stuck in survival mode also. I was addicted to cigarettes and alcohol. But more than that, I was addicted to the feeling I got from rescuing and fixing and helping people. And you could say... I was addicted to feeling in control or you could say my self-esteem was built on being the good girl or perhaps you could say that I only felt safe and useful, not worthy, useful, when I was emotionally caretaking other people. That was my role growing up, wasn't it? So I think it was all of those, actually. I think I think all of those things were true for me, but I was definitely an addict and the addiction to overfunctioning, overgiving, at the expense of yourself, um, that, that, that's what codependency is. That's what rescuing, enabling and careta- caretaking is. So that's why I was attracted to an addict, because I also was an addict and like attracts like. So... I think the purpose of that that text message and then hearing that song was to kind of say, you know, you, you can go back to the past and you can remember what it was like and then you can look at the life you've created for yourself now and you fast forward 13 years and I've built safety and security in my life so I'm not in survival mode all of the time. I still get triggered into it sometimes because that is part of having complex post-traumatic stress disorder. 
but I know how to handle it and I don't stay in it for weeks or days on end. I get triggered. I know how to take care of myself and I can bring myself back into my body and I can be myself again. So I found that safety and security in my life. And you really have to have that first before you can have anything. If you think if you know about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, the bottom rung, everything on the bottom layer. So food, water, shelter, safety. You have to have those first. They are the foundations, the solid foundations. Now I have boundaries. I know what's mine and what's yours. And I've built a business up that's giving me the freedom to be my own boss and do what I love. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And still now you're striving for what? What are you looking for? What are you looking for? What is all this about? And so it so it gets me thinking. So that's my rambling and reflection time in the car. So that just makes lovely fodder for journaling on if you are following me on this journaling adventure. And um, maybe as I ask these questions to myself, you can think about the same thing. Maybe you could just go and look up the lyrics to that song. I'll put it in the show notes for you. And you can think about ghosts from your past and you can think about what they taught you. And are they still haunting you now? Have you made peace with them? I think that's really important. So I was driving along and I I did ask the spirit and said, what do you want me to know? And, you know, I kind of went back and did the whole 2009 thing and thought about it all. And, you know, and that's another question you can ask yourself. Are you the same person that you were in 2009? Like, what would 2009 say if they could see 2022 you? And what does 2022 you want to say to 2009 you? I want to say to 2009 me, come on, come on. It's much nicer over here. Take the leap. Just take the leap and your wings will appear and you'll just fly and it'll all be absolutely fine. And you knew that on some level. But I do think you get to a point where you are in so much pain and you're so unhappy and so miserable that and, and lonely or whatever is whatever pain is deep enough to motivate you into wanting something more. People are motivated by pain. That is what makes people change fundamentally, I think, which is why it's really hard if you're a a coach listening to this, to sell self-development without making it sound like a magic wand. I don't ever do that because I don't want to trick people into thinking that they're, you know, it's a lifelong journey. It's, It's having a relationship with yourself. It's getting to know yourself intimately. It's being prepared to go the extra mile and understand and, you know, invest in yourself. And, and and if you think about people who haven't started their self-development journey, they probably don't feel worthy enough or they don't have the self-esteem to put money on the table because they don't think it's worth it. If it's not a quick fix, they're not interested. Well, they're not in enough pain then. So I've learned over the years not to get all salesy on people. Anyway, I don't do hard selling because I just think it's icky. But um. I've learned over the years just to um, be the lighthouse, you know, be the lighthouse and shine the light and tell people what you do and how you can help them. And then it's on them. The responsibility, remember, the responsibility is on them, isn't it? So um, this whole radio thing as well, you know, music is so healing, isn't it? It's so powerful. 
And I do love getting in my car because I think, oh, I wonder what song Spirit's going to give me today. You know, I wonder what little message I'm going to get, what what they're going to tell me. And if it's a song that I don't know, I mean, I do listen to Magic and Heart FM. If you're not um, in the UK, I don't know if you can get those radio stations, but they are like 80s and 90s classics or love songs. <laughs> you know, like Peter Satira, the power, who did he, you did it all for love. I am a man that will fight for your honour. I'll be your hero. That's Karate Kid that you are dreaming of. <laughs> or I really like um, who sung um, who sung The Power of Love? Is that Huey New- Lewis and the News? So, you know, you could create a whole playlist of like songs for you to explore in your journal or to use as... You can reflect on anything in life. You can use anything as reflection material there's always a message and a meaning in everything if you go deep enough and you're willing to explore it and that's kind of how I see the world really I think and I'm sure lots of you listening do as well because that's why you're you're drawn to listening but I wrote my book to um Michael Jackson like at the time when I wrote my book all of the leaving Neverland uh, debacle had started which led me down many rabbit holes to investigate into the whole story Oh my goodness. I mean I mean it's just it's just a minefield. Anyway, I started to listen to his music and um his music would make me cry and it would make me dance and it would bring me joy. And he was such a talented creator in the fact that he said this actually. He said, "If you when I'm gone, listen to my music and that's where you'll find me." And if and if he is the energy of his music, I just can't believe that he could be an abuser. But have I got cognitive dissonance? And am I, you know, or am, am I thinking, oh, it's the great Michael Jackson. He couldn't do that. You know, that split reality of because we, we've all got light and darkness. We're all capable of 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 crossing to the dark side, as it were. And many of us have in, in different capacities because, you know, then when when it gets really dark, hopefully we get led towards the light. But not everyone makes it, do they? But I love listening to him. I, I had a whole playlist and I'd sit down and write my book and it would stir up emotion in me, whether that be joy or sadness or grief or whatever. And that would really come through in my writing and I could really feel it in him. And so, yeah, music is so healing it has an energy it has a resonance in fact I think I said this to you on my episode of journaling I often listen to um, certain channels on YouTube that have certain frequencies of music that are healing so you can get like frequencies for self-love um, frequencies for clearing your energy and I think on that episode I did put some links in the show notes for you so and then <laughs> as I was I went to the place I was going to and as I was driving back you never guess what song well it won't mean anything to you but I switched on the radio and the song that came on was Pink You're Just Like a Pill now let me just read part of the lyrics to you to that and I'll explain to you the I'll put that into the context of this story about the past she sings run just as fast as I can to the middle of nowhere to the middle of my frustrated fears and I swear you're just like a pill instead of making me better you keep making me ill you keep making me ill so I had a friend at the time who I used to go out drinking with and you know that's in those days that's how you met people didn't do online dating then anyway I used to go 
to bars. She was like my good time friend. We go out dancing and stuff. And we loved this song because if we met a bad boy, that was our kind of anthem for those people. You know, they just make you sick. But what I discovered from doing my own healing is the original people that made me sick. My family was sick. Those people didn't make me sick. I was born into a sick energy. And so until you make peace with that past, until you make peace with the energy that you were born into, you're going to keep seeking out that energy and trying to transform it. But it's just going to keep poisoning you like that pill. So I think if something really hurts us, we may have to make peace with it many times. And that's why I don't think that I have completely made peace with my past. There were past. There will always be stories, memories, things that come up for me. But I just see that as an adventure. I just see that as being an explorer and just being curious to learning more about who I am with no shame and no judgment at all. We're all doing it. We should learn this stuff at school. We should learn this critical thinking, this reflection, rambling, you know, because really when it comes down to self-love, no one can teach you how to love yourself. It needs to be modelled to you and you need to feel it. You need to be in that energy, I think. Like some of the most loving people that I've met have helped me heal. They've transformed my life. And some of them happen to be the little kids that I have coached. They're full of love, aren't they? They're just little bags of love. God, love them. They are gorgeous. I love them back. I love them back. Um, But I think also the reason why it's so hard to move forward and let go of the past. And, and let's just think about that for a moment. If you keep going back to the past and trying and trying and trying and trying to make it work, that is also an addiction in itself. Because in toxic relationships, remember, you get into that cycle of nice, mean, nice, mean, nice, mean, nice, mean. And that is as addictive as crack. It's so addictive because when the mean stuff comes in, you're desperate for the nice stuff to come back so that everything can return to normal. But then obviously the mean stuff comes back in again. So that's the addiction and that's the toxic cycle of abuse. It's the toxic cycle of domestic violence. It's the toxic cycle of dysfunctional relationships. Um, And I think the reason why we keep going back, and if you're a person... So 2009 me just saw the good in everybody. She was just like in denial. She she just was forever hopeful and didn't really want to see the truth that was in front of her eyes. And she didn't trust herself enough to make judgment calls about people and be discerning about who she let into her life. And so when she took... 250% responsibility for the relationship so when the relationship didn't work out she thought it was on her to make it better so she was the one that kept going back and doing all the trying the person was just sitting there with their feet up on the coffee table nice beer in their hand and being like ah, well there's nothing for me to do here didn't think there was anything for them to do anyway because they didn't need to change because there wasn't a problem there was no addiction what, what was I talking about so I do think we have to be careful that we don't take all of the responsibility and some on. Yeah, we meet, if people don't meet you halfway, let them go. And the hard part about letting them go or making peace with them is 
that you have to grieve for them. You have to do, you have to create the ending. You have to take responsibility and end it. And then you have to do the grief work. And that is the bit that hurts. And you're grieving for what you wanted the relationship to be, the potential of that person. You're not, you're not grieving for the person that's sitting in front of you because I don't really think they are the person that you thought they were. So you're grieving for what you didn't get and you're grieving for the relationship that you wished you'd had. You know, there's a longing there. There's a longing. But when you let that go and you let that grief come in and it's not pretty, there's a few snot bubbles, there's a lot of tissues and um, it can take you, it can take you to a dark place but from that darkness that's where the caterpillar grows its wings in that cocoon from that darkness is where you are reborn you're born again and you you become this other person so you know I've said goodbye to lots of people in my life because a lot of the people who were in my 2009 life are living in survival mode still and they and they don't want to come and join me on this journey so some of them I can still hang out with but I have to choose how much of my energy they get, how much time I spend with them. And then I have to, when I've seen them, I have to take really good care of myself afterwards because it jingle jangles my nervous system. So, so, so really when the past comes calling, leave the past in the past, but you can't really leave the past in the past until you've made peace with it. I don't think, I really don't think. And I think have I given up my need to fix people? Yes. My coaching style now is much more uh, creating a container, safe container for people to express themselves and tell their stories and have them witnessed with compassion. So maybe more of a therapist slash counsellor's role. But by allowing people to do that, they then have the space and the energy to take action. And, you know, little by little, you can get them doing things and getting them back on their feet again. Um, and I, d- I don't really see that as as, a, as as this compulsive need to fix and caretake because it's my job and there's an energy exchange. I wouldn't be doing that to you if you unless you'd come to me and asked to be a client and you were paying me money. I don't compulsively fix my friends. Um, and I may have done in the past. So sorry, ex-friends, if you're listening to this, but I was in survival mode and um, I forgive myself for the things that I didn't do perfectly. And um, I think I think we can all be a bit kinder to ourselves, really, can't we? So that's my little riff on the past. I hope you found today's session um, helpful and it gave you some insights. And if you're journaling Take some lyrics to songs, songs which have meaning to you, songs that take you back to the past and sit with them and paint them or draw them or write them out or listen to them and and let yourself linger and sit in that energy and let all those feelings wash over you and let them come out, express them. They've got to come out, let them out and then you can wave them goodbye and then you'll be creating space for new things to come in. And won't that be exciting to see what comes into that space? Yeah. Okay. So I'd love to hear your comments. You can leave comments on the website. You can drop me a message on Anchor FM or you can send me a direct message on Instagram. I love to hear your feedback. And thank you everyone who's supporting the show and listening and telling all their friends about it. I know lots of you have been and I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate you. So until next time, stay wild, choose love. So 
much love to you.